All right, so we will uh, we'll get started this morning. Uh, let me just go ahead. We'll we'll start with a word of prayer this morning. So if you would bow your heads with me, God, we are thankful uh, to be able to do this this morning in the midst of um, you know this crazy time that we're in, this unprecedented season that we find ourselves. God, there are so many things that you are doing that um, that just go beyond what we could ever think or imagine. Uh, and God, to be able to still be able to celebrate your son's resurrection this morning, his victory over death, hell, and the grave as he rose on that third day, God, uh, allow that to serve as a reminder during this time that there is nothing that is more powerful than him, nothing that is going to defeat him, and that with this resurrection, he has become victorious once for all in all. God, we just pray that this morning as we spend some time together in your word and as we um, you know, take some time here in a little bit with Emily and some time of worship, that we remember that no matter what we're surrounded by, God, we are surrounded by you. And we should bring you glory, we should honor you, we should praise you with everything in us to the very best of our ability. God, during this time of message this morning, I just pray that you use me, that you speak through me, and that, God, that um, we are encouraged by your word, we're challenged by your word, we're comforted by your word, and if needed, God, we are convicted by your word. God, I love you so much, and I'm thankful for everyone who's with me on this uh, video today. God, it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to take just a few moments. I want to remind everyone to uh, you know stick around after we're done with this video here at 730. Uh, Emily Wolf will be signing on, leading us in a time of worship. I'll be ending this video She'll be beginning a new one at 7.30, so I've got my countdown on. Uh, this is going to be more of a devotion-type thing instead of a message. That's yeah, the famous last words, and also famous last words is that I will not go over time. But I, I do have a clock here uh, that I am watching to make sure that uh, we we get to her in time for her to be able to start the video. But I want to share something with you that God was really stirring in my heart yesterday as I was looking at some of the gospel accounts of the resurrection and kind of Holy Week altogether. And if you've been following us with our audio, uh, the podcast that we've been releasing that's been kind of stepping through the Holy Week, you may have noticed that we were silent yesterday, and that was on purpose. Uh, we, there was, there's several things that we could have done uh, devotion-wise, that would have gone right along with the timeline, but Scripture silent on Saturday, you know, the day after Jesus's uh, burial, the day after the cross, we wanted to uh, we wanted to do the same. We wanted to be silent yesterday as well. But that's uh, you know, we'll have a devotion coming out a little bit later today. Uh, that's that's marking the end of this holy week, but yet the beginning of this new life that Jesus Christ offers us. But this morning, I want to offer you this. Now, this message is going to be for those of you who have failed. Uh, if you have never failed, if you're perfect, if you've not messed up in your life, you can go back to bed. Uh, just go back, climb under uh, the warm covers, take you a nap before our uh, service starts this morning. But this is for those of us who have failed. Um, and I, I, you know, we're we're stepping through the book of First Peter. Um, 
as on our Sunday morning services. And, and I'm kind of drawn to Peter most all the time, really, but really in this season with what we're going through, just some of the writings that he had, and then looking at the way that he lived his life in a lot of different ways. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. It's Mark, chapter 16, and we're going to be reading verse 7. Mark 16, 7 says this, But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Now, the very first part of that scripture, uh, that, that verse, is what I want to kind of key in on this morning. Go, tell his disciples and Peter. Now, again, this is for those of us who have failed. This word is a word for those of us who have made mistakes, who find ourselves repeatedly making these mistakes. But think about it for just a moment. How sweet this must have sounded to Peter to know this, to understand that during this resurrection time, because just the emotions that were going on in the disciples, I can't even really begin to fathom, I don't think, what the emotions that they were feeling, what they were going through, what they were experiencing during this moment, because the last that they remember seeing their Savior, uh, the last portion of what seemed to be uh, written in this story was that Jesus was dead on a cross. And especially to Peter, the emotional um, roller coaster that he has to be on in this time period is just mind-boggling to me because we're going to see here in a minute the last thing that the last memory he has of Jesus is when uh, he betrayed him, when he denied him. And just to think that the person, the one person that you've given your whole life to, that you've devoted three plus years of your life to following, you've given up everything, um, who was supposed to be conquering, who was supposed to be ruling, reigning, uh, bringing subjection to all of the earth is now lying dead in a tomb. But the resurrection is taking place. And when it's discovered, the announcement is, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Think about how encouraging that would have to be because there's there's a reason here. I want you to understand that there is a reason, I believe, that Peter's being singled out here. And I want us to kind of take some highlights of the story of, of Peter up until this point and draw some things out of it that really should be an encouragement to us and bring our hearts joy this Resurrection Sunday morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ and the love that the risen Savior offers to all of us goes beyond our failures. He offers his love, his new life, his salvation, his victory over death, hell, the grave. He offers that victory to all of us who have failed him. And that, if there's nothing else that is good news this morning, that is is good news that you, yes, you, the one who failed so miserably even yesterday, his salvation, his resurrection, his forgiveness is for you, no matter how bad it was, no matter how grievous you think that your failures have been, no matter how bad your sins are, 
this, what Jesus did, is for you. But I want to talk to you about three things that we can see. I believe we can see, you know, just kind of from Peter's story leading up to this. I believe that we see that our failures are not hidden from the Savior. And I believe that there's different levels of this. I think that if we look at Mark chapter 14, if you just flip back over a couple chapters to Mark chapter 14, and and we'll read verses 29 through 31, if I'm here on the right. Yeah, there we go. Mark 14, starting with verse 29. Peter said to him, even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this day, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, this is Peter talking, said vehemently, even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. So this is before Peter's denial. This is before his significant, most significant failure of his life. And Jesus already knew about it. Jesus already foretold this. He said, listen, before this happens, you're going to do this. And Peter, you know, one of the translations says, far be it from me. You know, Peter, before this, these thoughts are even crossing in his mind, before that fight or flight uh, reaction mechanism kicks in in the midst of chaos, Peter, his failures are seen by the Savior. Now, I know that sometimes that can be a little bit scary uh, for us to think that not only does Christ know our past failures, the ones that we've already failed in, not only does he understand the, the present failures that we're walking in, but he also knows the failures that's coming in the days ahead of us. Um, that's an interesting yet intimidating thing to think about at the same time. But before Peter failed Jesus Christ, he knew of his failure. I think the second thing, if we're talking about past, present, and even future tenses, I think that we can see in Luke chapter 22, the Savior notices when we fail him. In real time, in the present time, the Savior notices when we fail him. So let's turn to Luke chapter 22 and let's, let's read about that. So Luke chapter 22 be reading verse 61. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Think about that. In the midst, this was chaos, folks. This was a angry mob that was taking place in this in this scene and Peter denies Christ three times and it's not just a passive denial it's not just a kind of get away from me type thing leave me alone this is this is a flight mechanism that's kicked in here this is a survival instinct in Peter that Peter didn't even know existed when he said that when he was asked you're one of his followers right you know, one of them says your accent, the way that you talk, the way that you speak indicates that you're one of his followers. And Peter 
just vehemently denies this all three times. One of us, one of the gospel accounts, even gives us the inclination, even says that Peter cursed during this time. So these were passionate, emboldened denials. This wasn't just something of, hey, just try to get your attention away from me, just move along, nothing to see here. These were passionate denials. And it says that when he did that, that in verse 61 here, it says, the Lord turned and looked at Peter when he did that the third time. The Lord noticed, Jesus noticed Peter's failures. And, you know, this is, this is hard for us to consider, um, you know, good news. I said I wanted to encourage you this morning, those of you who have failed, like me. If, you, if you're like me and you failed, I want to encourage you this morning. And so far you're thinking, okay, this is, this is not necessarily encouraging me. This is just reminding me of how bad I am, really. Well, that's true. Uh, you really are. And, but don't think yeah, I'm the worst. You can ask anybody. You can, you know, just ask Billy Murray. He'll tell you. But we'll get to that here in just a moment. But I want us to understand something that not only does Jesus know your failures beforehand, but he notices them when you do them. There is a past tense to this. There's also a present tense. But the great thing is, is there's also a future tense to this. And I believe one of the things that we see out of the story of the life of Peter is that there is no failure. Our failures do not separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. And, and how do we know this? How do we know this from the life of Peter? Well, in my opinion, there, I, I don't know if you can get any worse than what Peter's denial was. What Peter's failure was, I don't know if there comes any worse, because again, this was not just a momentary pause and a diverting of attention away trying to keep people from noticing you. When he denied Jesus Christ, he did so passionately. He did so boldly, and he did so to, to survive, to save his own life, to keep himself from going through what he saw Jesus going through. This was a defense mechanism, and I don't think that things, I don't know if, of many things that could be much worse than flat out blatantly denying the Savior, not once, not twice, but three times in this passage. But yet we still see that Jesus and his love was not powerless against the failures of Peter. And if his love isn't powerless. If, if Peter's failures weren't greater than the love of Jesus Christ, then your failures are not greater than the love of Jesus Christ. My failures are not greater than the love of Jesus Christ. His love, his blood, his sacrifice covers all of our failures. And I believe that that should serve as some really encouraging news to you this morning. I know it encourages me just talking about it, that all of the things that I've done in my past, all of the things that I'm, I'm doing now that fail God, and all the things that I will do at some point are not greater than the love of God. Now, that's not a permission for us to uh, purposefully fail God, but how great is it to know that in our fallibility, in our own shortcomings and failures that we have a savior whose love is greater more powerful than anything any type of failure than we would ever have in our lives you know the love of god this morning i want to encourage you with this the love of god this morning knows your name jesus christ knows your name he knows you 
It wasn't just this one big blanket. I mean, it was, but it wasn't just like this generic, oh, this is my love, this is my sacrifice. Here, I hope you grab hold of it, uh, whatever your name was. I, I, I can't remember right now. Who are you again? No. Jesus Christ came and he died for you. Jesus Christ came and he lived for you, was tortured for you, was mocked for you, was beaten for you, hung on Calvary's cross for you. And today as we celebrate this, Jesus Christ came to be resurrected for you so that you could know him and have the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven with him. The love and the grace of Jesus Christ knows you by name. It also deals with you on a personal level. It's not just, again, it's not just one of these blanket overall, hey, hope you get in. Jesus Christ takes the time, and he invests in you personally. It's not just one big thing that just sweeps across everyone. Jesus Christ comes and he pulls on your heart. He convicts us. He, he molds us. He makes us. He moves in our lives on a personal level. You are, you are the reason that Jesus came. You are the reason that Jesus gave his life. You are the reason that Jesus resurrected. For everyone who's listening to this, you are that reason. For God so loved the world. And it wasn't just for the people of the world before that. It wasn't just for the people of the world during Jesus' time that he walked on earth. Jesus loved the world so much that he came and he died for you and I today. And I believe that one of the reasons that our failures aren't greater than the love of Jesus Christ is because the love of Jesus Christ is based on his grace, not your efforts, not anything you can do, not anything you can say. His love is based on his grace and the works of Jesus Christ, nothing for us. I've had so many gospel conversations over the past few weeks. It's been an amazing time of ministry. Uh, and although those conversations look differently than they've ever looked in my life, I'm having Zoom calls, I'm having FaceTime calls, I'm on the phone with people uh, that I would typically be talking with face-to-face, -face, but I'm having these gospel conversations. And the one thing, the one thing that goes over and over and over again in these is people talking about how they just aren't good enough for Jesus to save. And that's the one time that I can go, you and I are exactly the same because I'm not good enough for him to save. You're not good enough for him to save. I've lived for Jesus Christ for 30 years now. I'm still not good enough. I've been a minister of the gospel for 20 years now, roughly. I'm still not good enough. I will never be good enough for Jesus Christ, for his love, for his salvation. But the good news of the gospel this morning is it's not based on me being good enough. It's not based on you being good enough. It's based on Christ being good enough. And my friends, he is beyond good enough. And the last thing I want to encourage you with this morning is that our failures in kind of a future look at it here, our failures don't exclude us from our service. Our failures don't excuse, excuse us from serving Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, they teach us lessons. Uh, and His grace, His forgiveness, draws us closer to Him as we go along. They not only teach us lessons, but these lessons not only frame and mold and help shape us for the future, 
But our lessons that we learn through our failures can also be used to help others who we are walking this road with. Our brothers and sisters in Jesus, they are helped and they are taught lessons through our failures. Why? Because Jesus' love, his grace and his salvation is more powerful than any failure in my life. And he can take that failure and he can teach me and he can refine me and he can mold me and he can help to mature me through those times. And I can use those as a testimony to help others as well. So now I told you that we were going to come back kind of to the good things. We've talked about several encouraging things, but the fact that Jesus sees our failures before they even happen, Jesus takes notice of them when they happen, and that Jesus knows what failures are coming in the future, sometimes those three points in and of themselves can be questionable as far as how encouraging they really are. But here's what I want to leave you with this morning because I want to talk to you about the end of the story as far as the earthly one-on-one interaction between Peter and Jesus. You see, after Jesus' resurrection, he stayed on the earth for 40 days before he ascended into heaven to be with the Father. In one of those instances, the disciples decided they needed to go fishing. And most all of us, especially if you've, uh, if you've ever been fishing and you catch nothing like me, you, you always go back to the cast your net onto the other side of the boat. Well, whenever this happened, it says that this man was sitting on an island far off and that the disciples recognized, Peter first recognized that it was Jesus and he took off. Uh, swimming to him. But I want to kind of read this account in John chapter 21. So go ahead and turn there with me. And we're going to be reading verses 15 through 25 of the gospel of John chapter 21. And this gives us um, a little bit of a, a finishing record of the story here. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go to wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is that going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is it to you? Follow me. So the rumor spread in the community that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who has testified these things and has written them, and we know that his testimony is true. But there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. 
I love this story here. I love this imagery that we get. How many times did Peter deny Jesus before the rooster crowed that night? Do you remember? It was three. Now, if we take a look at this story, the end of the conclusion of the Gospel of John, Jesus and Peter take a walk. Jesus asks him a question. Peter, do you love me? Peter answers yes. Jesus' response is, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. You see, there's a beautiful thing that happens here. Peter's failures that Jesus knew before they were going to happen. Jesus or Peter's failures that Jesus knew and took notice of when they happened. And then Peter's future failures that the love of Christ is still more powerful than is on display here. Peter denied Jesus three times. And in this passage, we see Jesus ask him three times, do you love me? You see, the restoration of Jesus Christ is based on love. He would have had every right to point out Peter's failures here. He would have had every right. He would have been perfectly fine to say, Peter, you did this and you did it three times. But he restores Peter based on his love. And this morning, you have that same opportunity to be restored, not through judgment, not through condemnation, but through the love of Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you're watching this and your heart is being pulled and you can feel that conviction of God's Holy Spirit in your heart, then I urge you to respond to that because you are worthy, because Christ has made you worthy to follow him. And salvation comes from God. This is not something you're contriving. This is not something you're drumming up. If you're feeling convicted, that is the work of the Holy Spirit's conviction to receive God's salvation and His grace. If you'd like to talk to one of us, uh, you can go to FCCGrayson.com. Connect with us if you uh, if you want to hit me up on here. If you want to message me on my private Facebook account, it's Ben James. I would love to speak with you and talk to you and lead you through this prayer. Uh, and, and give your heart to Jesus Christ. So if you would, pray with me, and I'll close it out so Emily can open up her worship session. Father, again, I'm just thankful for you, thankful for your word. Thank you for the challenge that it presents us, but at the same time, it gives us more encouragement than anything that we've ever experienced in our life. Father, I just pray that you would draw hearts this morning that there would be no hesitation in those who are watching who don't know you to give their heart to you and to spend eternity, have that promise of eternity in heaven with you. Father, we're thankful again for your son this morning on this resurrection Easter Sunday. We just thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Folks, don't forget, make sure you stick around this channel right here. Emily will be back on here in just a few moments and lead us in a time of worship. I hope you guys have a great Easter Sunday. Join us at 1030 here on Facebook for our Sunday morning service on FCC Grayson, or you can go to YouTube and watch it there on our FCC Grayson channel. Guys, I love you. I miss you. Hope you're safe. Hope you're doing well. Let's pray and, and we'll get going. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for the weight of what the meaning of today is, 
And God, I just pray that we can really remember the sacrifice of your son Jesus, but most importantly, remember that he is risen today and that he is still alive. God, that is such an amazing promise. And that is, I'm just so blessed for the message that you gave us this morning through Ben. And I just thank you so much that Jesus died for us individually and that he knows us on a personal level because of his sacrifice. And we get to have a relationship with you because of his sacrifice on the cross. God, we thank you for the victory that we have only through your son. And we thank you that he is alive today so that we can live. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. So this morning, I thought it would be really fun and really awesome to do um, a bunch of hymns for the sunrise service. So we're going to start out with Victory in Jesus. Victory 
Still in anything. 
wanted to share before um, I get off of here with you all is something that God has been laying on my heart a lot recently is the fact that he goes before us and the fact that he is always leading the way and we just have to follow and I just think it's such a beautiful thing that from the very beginning God has made a way for us to get to him and regardless of our mistakes 
and regardless of how many times we fail and fail and fail again on a daily basis, Jesus is still standing there with open arms waiting for us to run to him. And I just, I love so much what Ben said earlier about how Jesus died specifically for us. And I know for me, I fail so much every single day. And I'm just so thankful for a Savior whose love is so big that it covers all of my sins, but not only me, everyone else's in the entire history of everything um, from the past to the present to the future. Jesus is there and he, it just blows my mind how amazing Jesus is and how much love he continually gives me and pours over me when I don't deserve it. And it's because of him that we have hope. It's because of him that we have life. It's because of him that we get to rejoice and that we get to sing and that we get to fellowship with one another and have have this joy in our hearts. And I'm just so thankful. So I hope you all have a very great Easter Sunday, even though this Easter Sunday, it looks a little bit different than it normally does, but um, we can still fellowship with one another and we can still um, rejoice in the fact that our Savior is risen and he is still alive today. And that is the best news we will ever get. So I just wanna pray before we close out and um, we'll see you guys again at 10.30. So let's pray. God, we just thank you so much again for your son, Jesus. And we just thank you so much for the hope that we have in him and for the fact that we get to always rejoice and we get to always always rely on the hope and the promise that we have in him and god i just pray that today and every day that jesus is more than enough for us um, and every single day that we can rely on him and look to him first and foremost before everything else and uh, we just thank you in advance for covering all of our shortcomings and for for always loving us and god i just pray that we can strive to be more like you each and every day and that we can understand um more of who you are each and every day god and just thrive for that and um we just love you so much and we thank you for your son jesus and it's him his it's in his name that i pray these things amen you all have a great day